Good morning. Over the past few weeks, we've been studying together out of the book of 2 Peter. And we've been especially looking at chapter 1, verses 5 through 7. Peter gives a list there of characteristics that are essential for Christians to develop and improve over the course of their life. We've looked at faith, and which is our confidence in God that causes us to commit our lives to Him. Virtue, which is added to faith, means being people of integrity, moral character, knowledge, seeing the reality of life, not just the way I feel, self-control, meaning that I control my actions and thoughts. I'm the one who decides what I do, and I'm going to control myself toward godliness. Perseverance means maintaining that self-control over many consecutive moments. And godliness, being devoted to God even if my life is filled with pain. That's as far as we've gotten to today. And today we cover the last two in the list. Brotherly kindness, which we are adding to godliness. And then we're going to add love to brotherly kindness. Let's start by looking at this idea of brotherly kindness. The word is interesting. It's actually a city in our country, Philadelphia. City of brotherly love. It's where this name came from. It's from this word, Philadelphia. That's the word. It's about brotherly love. The way you would love your blood brother. Brothers in Christ. Sisters in Christ. Romans chapter 12 verse 10 might help you to put this together in your mind. The way that this brotherly love plays out. Romans chapter 12 verse 10 says, Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Same word. Give preference to one another in honor. The end of that verse provides clarity concerning the beginning of it. Giving preference to each other is part of the brotherly kindness that we should show each other in Christ. And even though it doesn't come through in every translation, there's a sense of competition here. And I want to explain to you this idea of competition. It's about outdoing each other in honoring each other. I want to honor you more than you can honor me. I want to honor you so much that you'll never even catch up to what I'm honoring you with. I want to honor you so much that that you just never can even out the scales. I want you to always feel like you're way better than me. Out-honor each other. Brotherly love. Brotherly kindness. And... This idea, this honor competition that we're in, is one of the greatest blessings found in the church. But it's not because I'm always receiving honor from you. See, if you think that the greatest blessing is that, well, if everybody's showing honor to everybody, I'm going to get honored a whole lot. And everybody's going to really like me. And they're really going to make me feel good. Every time I come through the doors, what an awesome thing. You missed it. The real blessing is that you constantly get to honor everyone else. Do you know how good it feels to tell someone what they're doing well? You know how good it feels to help someone who's in need? You know how good it feels to tell someone that I forgive you? Honor someone that way? That feels great. And in the church, we get to do that 
all the time for every person. That's the great blessing. That's the real blessing of brotherly kindness is not that I'm going to receive so much from all of you, but that I get to give so much to all of you. I get to honor you so much. That's where the joy is. That's where life really starts to change and the church really becomes your family. You see, some people, they go through life and they, and they are members of the church and they say, well, I go to church, but I'm not really... I don't feel like I'm close to anybody. Have you tried honoring someone? Have you tried giving to someone else? Caring about them? And telling them what they're doing well? Have you tried reaching out like that? I know it's easy for some, very difficult for others. Sometimes it's almost painful to step out and do that the first time you do. But you'll find something out. And that is that you get closer to the people that you look for ways to honor. If you look for ways to honor someone, you're going to get closer to them naturally. And then you'll start to feel like the church really is your family the way God intended it to be. Brotherly kindness. How will you be a blessing to your brethren? That's a question to consider, isn't it? How can I bless you? What can I do for you? There's some simple things you can start with. I'll give you a few just to get you warmed up. Sit next to someone who usually sits alone. Worship with them. Let them hear your voice. Let them see your fellowship with them as you worship your God together. That's going to bless your brethren. Stay a few minutes after services. How about that? Bless a brother or sister in Christ with an encouraging conversation. That means a lot when you're going through a tough time. And someone finds you and asks how you're doing and stays to hear the answer. That means a lot. Bless your brethren that way. And maybe, just maybe, someone's hungry after worship. And you take them to lunch or go and eat lunch with them. It can be Dutch Street, it doesn't matter. But just, just go, have them to your house, right? It, it doesn't have to be fancy. Have pigs in a blanket for all I care. Eat lunch with someone. Be a blessing to them. There's a, a story. It's a current event. And I found out because uh, someone told me. And so I'll share it with you. It's, a, it's an example of brotherly kindness. At the Bear Valley Church of Christ in Denver, Colorado, there's a man by the name of Wayne Nelson. And he would hate to know that you know his name. He's that sort of guy. He serves in the background of that congregation and just kind of, uh, just kind of meanders around very kindly, very quietly, always serving, always busy, always giving a kind word of encouragement. And you would never know it, but his wife has had some very serious health struggles. She is to the point where last I knew she couldn't come out of the house. Because her immune system has been completely stripped. And he cares for her. And he cares for the church. And so some of the brethren up there wanted to get together and, and pool just a little bit of money and find out what their favorite meal was. And have that brought to them. Have it brought to them so that they can eat a meal, their favorite meal, from the best place they could find. Just to bless them. 
just to thank them. And when that was suggested, the response was, oh yeah, we do that a lot for each other. We do that sort of thing a lot. Let's do that. I hope you understand the example and I hope that it, it gets you thinking. We can do a whole lot for each other if we apply a little bit of creativity to our kindness. We can take care of each other in ways that will cause the tears, the tears of joy and the tears of family to come. Brotherly kindness. Add brotherly kindness to godliness. Be devoted to God and devoted to your brethren because of your devotion to Him. And then add love to your brotherly kindness. Now that's interesting. Add love to your brotherly kindness. Brotherly kindness in this instance causes us to treat each other well, but love causes us to do what's necessary for the salvation of the soul. Whether that be pleasant or unpleasant, many times it can be pleasant. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 2 says, Bear one another's burdens and thereby fulfill the law of Christ. Galatians 6 verse 2. Bear one another's burdens. That's about helping your brethren walk in the light. And you see how that's connected to brotherly kindness? That it's sort of coincides and intertwines with that idea, but it has to do with souls and doing what's best for the soul. Help them carry their burden. If that's a sin that needs to be repented of and and that they're having trouble getting rid of in their life, help them with that. Walk arm in arm with them so that they can be stronger than they were before because of your help. That's love. As we said, it's not always the most pleasant thing. Sometimes love is about showing someone what's right and calling them away from what's wrong kindly and gently. But there's something we need to know about this love. Something you need to know. And it's something that should change your entire life. The love of 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 7 doesn't depend on who is loved. The love of 2 Peter 1 7 doesn't depend on the object of the love. Let me put it this way. God doesn't love you because of who you are. Right? Some of you may have heard this thought before. God doesn't love you because of who you are. Newsflash, none of us are really that great. God loves us because of who He is. 2 Peter 1.7 love is that sort of love. The love that doesn't depend on who receives it, but depends rather on the one who gives it. Someone who has developed this sort of love is someone who has learned to love people who don't deserve it. Someone who's developed this sort of love 
is most likely someone who has learned to love themselves. Even though they recognize most of all that they themselves don't deserve love. And I think if we're honest with ourselves, we can look and say, yes, there were times when in my life I felt like I didn't deserve love from anyone or anywhere for any reason. Cultivating this sort of love, recognizing that God loves you because He is love. Not because you did anything to deserve it, but because of who He is, His character. Recognizing that and applying that character of God to your own self causes you to love you the way God does. And that makes it a lot easier to love your brethren even if they don't appear to deserve it. If I hate me, I'm going to hate you too at the first chance I get. But if I've learned that even though I don't deserve to be loved, I can love the way God does toward me, it's a lot easier to point that out toward you. Even when I don't think you do deserve it. And for that matter, it doesn't matter whether I think you deserve it or not. Add to brotherly kindness, love. Period. Not add to brotherly kindness, love, if or when, but add to brotherly kindness, love. End of sentence. Do it. Love you, love God, love your brethren, and love not because they deserve it or because you think they deserve it, but because love is what you do. John 3.16, familiar passage, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. Why did He love us? Not because we did anything. We still needed saving. We were still standing against Him. And John 13, same book, John 13, 34 and 35. Jesus says, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. How? Even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples. If you have love for one another. Why? Because we think we deserve it? No, because the one who called us showed it to us. And planted that sort of love in us. And it continues to grow to this day. And so we love each other. Whether that means bringing correction or bringing just a blessing and a thank you. We love each other. And when people see that, when people recognize that we love unlovable and people who don't deserve to be loved, then they'll know that we love like Christ and they'll know that we are disciples of His. You put those two passages together. God loved every lost person, not because of who they were, but because who He is. And that love motivated Him to give us the greatest honor by sacrificing His own Son for our salvation. 
And if we learn to love each other that way, everyone knows we are His disciples. 1 John chapter 4, verse 20. If someone says, I love God, and hates his brother, he's a liar. For the one who does not love his brother, whom he has seen, cannot love God whom he has not seen. You see the thread of both brotherly love and that sort of love we're dealing with that's given even to those who don't deserve. The reasoning is that if you can't love someone you see, you can't love God who you can't see. Do you love the brother and sister in the mirror? Have you ever looked in the mirror to see if you love that person like you love the brethren around you or like you claim to love the brethren around you? Have you ever looked in the mirror to decide to love that person so that you can love God the way that you ought? Because if you can't love the person you see, you can't love God who you can't see. The way you feel about yourself, the way that you love or hate yourself, will change your relationship with God. Because what you can see is much easier to love than what you can't see. And we will find it easier to love and honor our brethren when we love ourselves the way God does and we will find ourselves finally loving God the way we ought when we're able to love our brethren the way we ought. This love seeks the greatest good of the recipient. When we understand the greatest good for every person is to be reunited with God through the blood of Christ, we are able to recognize and realize this sort of love. This series has been about cultivating these things in ourselves. It's been about cultivating, finding, maintaining, growing in the list of 2 Peter 1 verses 5 through 7. Through this process, we're becoming partakers of the divine nature. We become more like God in character. And if we continue to increase in these things, we become fruitful and useful in the true knowledge of Jesus Christ. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 8. We will be able to see the spiritual path in front of us. You ever felt spiritually blind, like you don't know what to do next? Try this list because it will open your spiritual eyes to what's in front of you. Verse 9. And our entrance into the eternal kingdom will be abundantly supplied to us. Verse 10, these things are exceptionally important for us. Peter reminded them so that they would always remember these things and continue to grow closer to God through them. This is the process of sanctification. These things are what God wants us to spend our time doing. And so grow in these. Mark them down in your list. Put a reminder in your phone and grow in them. And recognize that every Christian, every brother and sister is at a different place in their walk with God. Each Christian is working on their character. And wherever you are in this list, realize God has given you all of this because He loves you and He wants you to be with Him.
faith. Our confidence in God that causes us to commit our lives to Him. Virtue, being people of integrity. Knowledge, see the reality of things. Self-control, I control me toward godliness. Perseverance, I control me toward godliness. For many consecutive moments, godliness, being devoted to God, even if my life is filled with pain. Brotherly kindness, I will honor my brethren and lift them up to God. And love, God loves me. He seeks my good even though I deserve death. And I choose to love every person, including myself, with the love of God. I choose to seek your best and my best by moving closer to God and helping you do the same. That's where this list ends. Isn't that perfect? It ends with love. Love toward me. Love toward God. Love toward you. That pushes us all closer to Him. I want to be part of a congregation that works on these things all the time. And we can each make this congregation that congregation by working on these things all the time. Reminding ourselves of them constantly. Are you a Christian this morning? That's a question that's important. This list is for Christians to help improve their character. But if you haven't put Christ on in baptism yet... You need to start there. The gospel is for your hope. Jesus died for your sins so that you could be saved because God loves you. And so if you believe that message and you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that He came and did those things, and you're ready to repent of your sins, confess Jesus before us, And put Him on in baptism for the remission of your sins through the power of His blood. Then we're here to aid you in that process. We have water ready. And everyone here would be thrilled to know that you're going to put Him on. But if you're already a Christian and you need to repent and return to the Lord and begin serving Him again. Recognize that He still loves you. And we love you. Because He loves you. And we want you to return. And we will rejoice with you. We will pray with you. And we'll receive you back as part of the family of God. But the important thing for you this morning is that if you've got any need that we can help with. If you've got some spiritual ache going on. We're here to help. And God's here to listen. So please, if you have a spiritual need of any kind this morning... Make it known by coming forward as we stand and sing.